Hello and welcome to Farmland, where we'll be taking a look back at this week's big issues in the agricultural community and find out what's happening inside the farm gate. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll get some opinions on the upcoming elections from farmers at the Mart in Tullow. As it's that time of year, we'll be finding out everything you need to know about scanning yo's with Agriland's sheep technical journalist Michael Geary. And Claire McCormick asks independent TD Michael Fitzmaurice should methane be treated differently in Ireland's climate debate. This week's news saw major discussion around how Irish livestock emissions are calculated. Following some game-changing comments from a US air quality scientist, Claire McCormick caught up with independent TD Michael Fitzmaurice to see what he thinks this means for climate policy and farming. We're here with Michael Fitzmaurice outside Agriculture House. We started by discussing the 2006 UN FAO report that said livestock emissions globally were higher than transportation emissions. Four years later, that report was clarified and the livestock emissions figure was reduced down. But has that played a role in setting the narrative for agriculture in the climate change debate? Well, first of all, uh, some of those reports, I suppose Ireland was going through a recession at the time and uh, a lot of those reports, um, a lot of people didn't see them. That's the first thing and that's sad reflection on uh, the way it was at the given time. But um, it's no more than what, look at it, probably a year ago I would have said to you and if people looked at committee meetings um, in the Dáil, if they looked at debates in the Dáil, I would have always stated that, you know, grass, grows, it's eaten, it grows again, and it's nearly like a full cycle that goes round, that we needed to investigate it. But um, there was nobody around at the time. When you talked about it, everyone basically shut you down. And in fairness to yourself, Claire, I remember speaking to you probably a year ago, um, saying if we could get somebody that had all these measurements done and know how it all works with the, basically the degrees behind them that can, can stand up and be counted, uh, it's very important um, because generally in this world when somebody comes out with something um, they need 20 or 30 letters after their name before they'll be believed because there is a lot of lobby groups that don't want to hear of this um, and he has basically proved and if you look what has happened in America um, what a lot of us believed if the research was done properly on the importance of grass and the importance of trees um, that actually agriculture a lot of farms would be carbon neutral. They may have carbon to spare to sell um, uh, in the line of uh, you know, the way they farm in this country and especially in the west of Ireland. When we are doing up our national emissions, is it a true reflection? In my, in my belief, and I've openly said it, I believe it's complete fraud what's going on. I believe that first of all, everyone is trying to kick agriculture. Now we see from what we have learned over the last week um, and what we believe secretly but of course when you open your mouth no one would believe you um, but what we have seen over the last week that um, it is a totally different ball game that methane and the carbon on farms it's a full cycle and actually ironically enough rumens be it cattle and sheep um, are the only species we will say that could can you know, create the iodine, create the iodine, create the vitamin B12, that's so important. Um, and I believe that we need to get to work on this rapid. There's a new doll going to be in the next few weeks. I know that everyone is out today saying there won't be uh, a cut in the number of livestock in this country. But let's get the real figures. Let's get the real facts. 
Why is one or two percent of any country dictating to the 97 or 98 percent? And today, some of the environmental lobby groups have questioned, you know, this science and has questioned the validity of it. Well, um, it is about time, and thankfully, this guy has come to Ireland, in fairness to the likes of yourself that I spoke to him in the last year, to show uh, how it needs to be calculated, how it needs to be done, and show that actually farmers are the good people and the keepers of the environment, not what they have been painted over the last year or two. First of all, this information has to be brought to the doll floor. That's the first thing. Second of all, it has to be brought to the Agricultural Committee. Thirdly, it has to be brought to the likes of Chagas. Fourthly, it has to become both Irish policy and European policy, how we are assessing our total emissions to make sure that the farmers are given the fair play like what has come out in this. That's the way you solve things, by giving people fair play, not on what I have called it down through the years, on false information of not adding up. When a minister says to you, well, we didn't put in them trees or those hedgerows before, so we can't put them in now. Are we trying to give an accurate assessment or are we just tinkering with figures um, or fiddling around with figures, trying to make sure that uh, we, we are the good people of the world? Well, now, for once in our lives, the farming community can put their chests out, hold their heads up high and be proud as being good people of the environment. Thanks very much, Michael. Thank you. Some interesting points by Michael Fitzmaurice there. Now, sticking with elections, we asked farmers if they feel the last government has worked for them and what they feel will influence their vote on February 8th. Here's what farmers at Tullomart had to say. So what do you think will be the, I suppose, the big issues in the upcoming general election for farmers? Look, it has to be the big issues coming forward for farmers. We have to look back to where we are currently and then uh, moving forward. CAP is going to be a big conversation and the European side of the things and how uh, the government is going to deliver a, a successful CAP programme for the progressive and active farmer. And also then looking to the marketplace and, and what's happening in today's markets. As we know, beef prices has been absolutely diabolical for 2019. That needs to be stabilised and improved upon for 2020. And that has to be a big talk uh, platform for the incoming government. They have to get clarity, they have to get competition law involved and, and there's a lot of uh, movement that the government can take on this matter for to make things go in the right direction. And also then we have to look at uh, the whole sustainability of farming in this country, looking towards what's happening with um, biodiversity and also looking then at the whole section of where we're doing with greenhouse gases and the responsibility that farmers have to this but I think the responsibility that uh, farmers are being asked to take on board is covering for a multitude of things that they have no responsibility for at all. And the government of the day coming in, I think the new elected TDs, whoever he, he or she may be, and the Minister for Agriculture has a big fight on his hands to uh, bring back to the table the importance of agriculture in creating biodiversity and how we have been guardians of the green parts of Ireland for generations and have left it in good care. So uh, I suppose what do you think will be the big issues uh, that farmers will be reminding politicians of in the upcoming general election? Well, the way we were getting fleeced with uh, the price of cattle, it's ridiculous. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, uh, what do you think farmers will be asking the politicians to do, I suppose? Get an investigation into the meat plants as to how they are treating their customers. And do you think the past government has delivered for farmers? No, definitely not. Will there be a change of government in the next general election, do you think? I hope so. I really hope so. 
and the clipping of the sheep is another big issue. We, we are being charged now 30 cents a sheep for clipping, no matter how clean they are. And that's another thing that should be looked into, and there's not one to say a word about it. I'm sure the, the fat cattle is probably not, they're not making enough, you know, the factory cattle. You can't compete with the, with the male and all, you know, to fatten them. I mean, everything is totally and the price is down, you know what I mean? The, the thing that I hear very little about was the heritage, the, the ANC payments. Uh, there's a whole lot of lads lost out on that, and I, I haven't heard a word about nobody. So that's what I'll be saying to the boys when they come to the door. Their general election coming up and that, if what will you be telling them when they come knocking on the door? Well, sure, I suppose the cattle is not as good as it should be, you see, that could be added. The beef is not rising to the extent it should be, and the expenses is going up, you know, and we hope that the thing will come better now in 2020, which it looks like it might. Cattle could be going to get scarce enough, you know. There might be as plentiful as you think after a short time. And do you think the last government delivered for farmers? I think they didn't do it too bad at all now. Now, as this, this Brexit and that strike and all with farmers done a terrible lot of harm. Put a whole backlog of cattle and then you were throwing them at the factories to get rid of them, you know. And when you throw stock and all at the factories that way, they had to give you what you like for them. But if the ticket to be free flowing the way it was, it wasn't too bad at all. That's my opinion. Right now. Well, public transport would be the big issue in rural Ireland. There is older people in the in the countryside, and the only socialising they had was to go to the pub to meet people, and that's taken away from. Now they're sitting at home, and as anyone know, loneliness is the worst kind of a disease you could have. I mean, I think quite honestly, rural Ireland is being left behind. I mean, if it's uh, the same the same thing back there with the big heavy snow, Dublin got snow, the whole of Ireland was looked after. If Dublin didn't get snow, the whole of Ireland could do what it's like, look after themselves. If it's not Dublin, it's not Ireland. Women now at the moment, you see them on every talk show on the television, yeah. they're all able to fix the country. Every one of them when they're looking for votes. When they're in government, they could do nothing. Our biggest output out of this country is food, but we're not getting paid for it. We're just not getting paid for it. And we keep being told by meat factories and everything else that they can't sell the beef. But the guy hands his job listened to that for the last 20 years. They're still selling it. So it is, you know. And then even on the red tape then and paperwork then. Oh, yeah, the red tape is just colossal and they keep, they keep moving the goalposts. You know what I mean? And you, you get into a way of working and then all of a sudden there's a whole new set of rules comes in and you have to change the whole system again, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's just impossible to keep up with it. And do you think the last government delivered for farmers? No. No, to be quite honest with you, when you see the state of the, the, the beef situation, is what I mean anyway, so it is. And the state of it is just a pure monopoly. It doesn't matter because every factory quotes the same and the whole thing is controlled too much by one man. And I won't keep mentioning names, everybody knows that name. And do you think the politicians care about kind of the issues in farming as much as they would have maybe in the past? Well, to be quite honest with you, we had a politician out the other day when the doll announced that they were going and Leo Varadka was above in Phoenix Park dissolving the doll. And that was, what, three o'clock or half three of the day? We had a politician on the door at half three looking for a vote. And to be quite honest with you, I haven't seen that lady on our doorstep since the last time there was a general election. So there's no difference in it. So that's what the farmers attending Tullomart felt are the issues that will influence the upcoming general election. However, the outcome of the election remains to be seen.
Finally, it's that time of year when many farmers across the country are scanning yos, but why is it important and how is it done? Michael Geary finds out all you need to know when he catches up with F4S sheep scanning technician Kieran McGee. Hi, my name is Michael Geary. We are here today in Banla, County Mead, and we are going to be showing you the ins and outs of sheep scanning and how it can be a benefit to your flock. Scanning yews will enable farmers to identify what yews are empty so that a decision can be made on whether to run them with a ram again or sell them at the mart. Knowing what yews are empty will enable farmers to keep valuable feed supplies for pregnant yews. Another added benefit of scanning is knowing how many lambs a yews carrying. It is vitally important that yews are neither underfed or overfed. Therefore, scanning will allow farmers to make important management decisions on nutrition. Knowing how many lambs a yews carrying will allow farmers to batch their yews accordingly. For example, Single bearing, twin bearing and triplet bearing yews can be batched together. So the yews come into the crate individually, they're secured. Uh, my ultrasound scanner goes in under the yew. We're walking on the inside groin area of the yew, just to the right hand side of our, of our udder. It takes about 8 to 10 seconds to scan each yew. We're using a gel feed system, which sends gel up through the probe of the ultrasound scanner to get an airtight contact between the skin and the probe to get as clear an image as we can possible. So the marking system we're using here today, the O's are served 90 days previous to today. So we're dividing the service in three stages, early, middle and late, to give the farmer an idea of when his O's will be lambing. He can batch them accordingly. The early lambing O's will be marked closer to the tail the middle lamignos will be marked in the middle of their back and the later lamignos will be marked closer towards their head. So the further up the yo the marks is, the longer it is until they'll be lambing. So we're just finished up here in Banala, um, County Mead. Um, yo's finished up scanning 1.88 lambs. At the moment the farmer is splitting up his yo's into three groups. And these are singles, twin and triple bearing uh, yo's. This is so that he can feed his yews according to how many lambs they are carrying so that they are in good condition come lambing time. Scanning can be financially beneficial to a sheep enterprise. Yews require concentrates in late pregnancy. Therefore, how many lambs a yew is carrying will enable farmers to feed their yews accordingly and possibly reduce their feed bill by not feeding concentrates when they are not needed. Estimating when your yews will lamb is also important. Scanning will be able to tell a farmer roughly how long a yew is away from lambing. Knowing roughly when they are about to lamb will allow farmers to plan ahead and get their lambing shed ready. For example, setting up individual pins and gathering necessary supplies that will be needed at lambing time. And that's it for this week's Farmland. We'll see you again next Thursday. Goodbye for now and thanks for watching.